0: Continents famously drift. Tectonic plates floating over the Earth's crust move slowly, then collide dramatically. In publishing over the last 20 years, such seismic activity has reshaped the landscape, creating new geographies for the book business. Welcome to CCC's podcast series. I'm Christopher Kennealy for Velocity of Content. Publishing industry analyst Rudiger Wieschenbart wants your help to map the new uncharted territories of the book business. From a bird's eye view, Wieschenbart asserts, our new publishing planet has few major continents. It is largely an open sea dotted by islands and archipelagos. Self-publishing, subscription, and streaming lie among these new lands and far beyond the reach of most traditional publishers. Do books even matter in such exotic territories? Rudiger Vishenbart joins me now from Vienna. Welcome to the program, Rudiger.
1: Thank you, Chris, for having me.
0: Well, we're happy to have you back. And as a book business analyst, you've been best known, perhaps, for the annual report, Global 50 Ranking of the Publishing Industry. We've had you on the show to talk about it. And it is an essential audit for publishers, authors, and technology vendors. But you're concerned by the idea that so much about the book and the book business is getting left out. Rudiger Wieschenbart, what do you think you're missing about the book business? Where are the blind spots?
1: Well, to be honest, it was uh, when I write my analysis for last year's edition that I suddenly said, oh, my God, uh, there are really big chunks of the industry that are not here. For instance, all of self-publishing is happening outside of uh, the big publishing companies. Or another discovery was in educational publishing. Some companies, publishing companies was, were suddenly growing, but not by selling more books. They were just buying schools and enrolled teachers, but uh, not a, a couple of teachers as, as experts, many teachers. And that was... To be observed from from Korea to Brazil and to Germany, and then I was screening my own ranking, and the more I was uh, digging into it, the more uh, missing uh, parts I discovered, and then I realized, less uh, wait a moment, uh, many of these uh, sales, many of that business activity, and many of that cultural reach of uh, of publishing is not measured by the major um, uh, market analyst uh, companies either. Um, The NPD or Nielsen or in Germany media control data that we get uh, are not really portraying what is uh, pumped really in a big pipeline on the smartphones of kids in the form of webtoons. And this is not a competition to to book reading, but I realized from the kids of France, for instance, it's the avid readers who now seamlessly would switch between their cartoons on the phone and the thick novel. And uh, to round it up, suddenly I realized who would have thought that the kids would use social media, which are digital by definition, to praise and discover and display printed books on their uh, bookshelves uh, via a Chinese network. So it's it was mind-boggling to see there is a lot to reconsider and to explore.
0: And the new report you're working on, Rudiger, is called Beyond Publishers. You start with the biggest question and possibly the biggest blind spot of all – What is a book in 2023? Tell us what you think may be some of the answers and why does the answer even matter?
1: Well, um, that goes back to uh, an academic article that I co-authored with three academic um, friends of mine, one from Slovenia, one from the Netherlands and one from the United Kingdom, where we, for quite quite some time, for half a year or, or nine months, uh, among us, started to discover uh, to discuss how how would we define what is a book today? There is a famous UNESCO uh, framed uh, definition from the early nineteen sixties, saying it's um, a publication for the public uh, of more than forty nine pages and two covers, so it has a, a beginning and an end. Forty nine pages is uh, more than just a short story. It's a work, it's not uh, just a a diary. Uh, And then I came up and uh, I just wanted to be a little bit uh, provocative, asking my my friends, tell me, why is an IKEA catalogue or any other mail order catalogue not a book? And we had a hard time coming up with definitions that would exclude that. At the same time, uh, an audiobook, for instance, is not for reading you cannot read an audiobook and in the brain it's something totally different and yet it's a growing part of the book business from the traditional publishing companies and then i come back to the webtoons and to wattpad and to self-publishing that is definitely part of what we would call the book business what authors are doing what readers are enjoying but How can you define this? And if you cannot define and frame it, guess what? It's not measured. So you have, uh, I I started to compare, for instance, print uh, top best selling lists in various markets. We are doing that for many years. And I compare that to self-publishing um, best-selling charts and, and stuff like this. And these are two worlds with quite a little overlap only. And so I realized, wait a moment, the, the best-selling charts are for many publishing companies the guideline when they need to decide where to put their money. And, uh, well, for that, you need to measure because you say, "Oh, I want to bet on, um, uh, on on books that will make it big." But if there are others that I don't see in these measurements, I'm navigating uh, uh, in uncharted territory, and perhaps I place my dollars, euros, yen, renminbi onto the totally for a uh, wrong product.
0: And what you're describing, Rudiger Viambad, is a kind of a breakdown in the traditional value chain for book publishing. How did we get here?
1: I guess um, uh, the value chain and the the, uh, the supply chain has been overlooked by many throughout the industry, not by everybody. Of course, the very big publishing uh, corporations heavily invested in the past decade. Uh, the big five in the US, for instance, heavily invested into improving their, their supply chain. But we have very different models in different markets. Uh, some smaller markets in Central Europe have very strongly vertically integrated uh, supply chains where publishers own book chains, books, uh, bookshop chains, uh, and, and wholesaling. Uh, and uh, in other territories that doesn't exist hardly at all and so we see suddenly that there are very different models but like all the rest of the economy, it was getting more and more complicated and more and more complex. And if, uh, and that was covered again only very partially by the trade media because they were more uh, interested in portraying the best selling authors or, or stuff like this. And therefore we lost track. And at the same time, like in every other industry, digitization was not about ebooks. Digitization was about the processes that um, linked the author's manuscript with the reader, and all that direct to consumer marketing. All the different production technologies uh, suddenly, publishing companies had to uh, to handle different formats: print, digital, audiobooks. They had uh, to. Uh, fill their products into uh, sales channels that were very, very, very different. Um, uh, You mentioned subscription and and streaming. There are almost turf wars going on, pro and con, uh, but in a broad perspective, we see subscription has found a very, very broad place on the consumer's end. And so, therefore, it's, it became much more complex. And that is where we stand now. That suddenly, we have to step back and reconceive how that industry is working.
0: So, without clear answers to many of these important questions you're raising, Rudiger Vishenbart, the publishing industry is sailing along in new waters, uncharted seas, What do you think book sale figures in particular are trying to tell us about the conditions for these seas?
1: I guess uh, we have a mix of very diverse things. We have lots of new opportunities. We have lots of new players. We have a new geography of global publishing. I can come back to that in a minute. But also, it puts a lot of competitive pressure on the traditional houses, but perhaps not so much on the big five, the largest corporations, but on those in the middle. They are squeezed because they have all the cost, all the challenge of handling these new complexities, but not not the same resources and not the same kind of revenue. The same applies to small markets. Uh, think of uh, markets not in the English or Spanish language, but in Central and Eastern Europe, where we we have a few million um, in some language regions. And they also want to do audiobooks, and the cost for producing an audiobook is the same, but when you have just a few million uh, customers, Uh, it's hard to get good returns. So it's, I guess, um, the the, the simplest way to put it is um, we are really redrawing the map that we are working with.
0: And you want to get some answers about all the changes that have been brought by platforms like Spotify, Webtoons, and Wattpad, as well as how publishing processes have been changed by these new models. How can someone contribute to your research?
1: Uh, Well, i'm asking very simple questions i'm asking questions like uh how did the recommendation that you are using for finding new books how how has this changed over the past couple of years or when you read books in what formats is it either or one or the other or is it suddenly a mix give me answers of that kind and i uh, i thought I can do a questionnaire. And, you know, normally you have 10, 20 questions here. And I uh, ended up with a very short questionnaire of just three questions of that kind. And I would love people to go to that um, questionnaire and uh, give me their, their assessments. And uh, the other, the third question is about how big is that unexplored or missed part? Uh, and, uh, personally, I'm convinced it's really very significant, but it's very, very hard to even have ballpark estimates. And again, I believe that many players, many professionals in that, um, uh, context have very good sense of parts of this. And I would love to uh, get their replies. And if they go to my, uh, my blog, at my, uh, there are two uh, two ways to get to my blog. One is visionbud.com, and there is a button blog, or you go to the blog's name, which is booklab, like lab- laboratory booklab.info, and you find a link to the questionnaire, and you find a link to a little presentation that rolls out what I'm intending to do.
0: Well, we hope our listeners can be helpful to you in your work, Rudi Ovisionbart, and we hope you return later this year when you have the results of this work. But for the meantime, thank you very much for joining me today on Velocity of Content.
1: Thank you so much. And I really look forward to all the new information and the new leads that I will get in.
0: That's all for now. Our producer is Jeremy Brisky of Burst Marketing. You can subscribe to the program wherever you go for podcasts, and please do follow us on Twitter and on Facebook. You can also find Velocity of Content on YouTube as part of the CCC channel. I'm Christopher Keneally. Goodbye.